if this is your first time here at church, we're doing a series of the seven sayings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the book of John. Uh, this morning we will be doing I am the light of the world, and for that I invite you to please rise as we give respect to the reading of the word of God. It's found in John chapter 8, that's beginning verse 1 up to verse 12. What we're going to do this morning is to, I did put it on, on, on the screen, uh, we will read it all together, but I, I request the ladies to read the first verse, and the second verse, a man will read, okay? So, uh, verse 1, ladies, and then the second verse, uh, men, and then ladies again, and then it's, it's, okay, it's alternate. Ready? Uh, begin. Ladies? They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. This they said, testing him. But Jesus took down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Altogether now, verse 12, Then Jesus spoke to these again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Uh, ladies are good readers and loud. <laughs> thank you very much. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, uh, for gathering us this uh, wonderful morning. Indeed, Father, you spoke the world into existence. You speak new life into your children to give us light of the knowledge of your glory in Christ Jesus. Father, this morning, we ask that you give us grace to receive your word and also rejoice in it. Father, convict us of our sins and... Not only that, but Lord, help us to understand Christ's sufficiency in our lives so that sinners would repent. Not only sinners will repent, but Lord, for those who are weak, they may be strengthened. And Lord, for your body to be built up. Father, we thank you for what you will do this wonderful morning. And Lord, indeed we need you. And thank you for revealing yourselves to each and every one of us. Indeed, you are sufficient. 
this moment, Lord, I am praying that you work in every heart who will listen to your words today. I know, Lord, your words are so powerful. Lord, help, now, help us not only to listen to them and enjoy your word, but, Father, let your word transform us. Praying for those who are celebrating their birthday, Lord, I pray that you will continue to bless them, Ati Cecil and Sister Press, and for the rest this coming week, uh, Jewel. And Lord, I pray that you will uh, guide them. And, and Lord, I pray that you will strengthen them not only physically but spiritually. For those who are not feeling well, I leave up to you. Uh, Norman's mom. Lord, she's in the hospital right now. And Lord, we don't know what's wrong, but you know, Lord. We still trust in you that you are the God who, who heals. Even Ati Remy, I pray, Father, that you will just touch this physical body. Even Brother Robert Weatherford and Brother Robert Garcia. Lord, they need your help. Be with them, O oh Lord. Just embrace them with the power of your love and mercy. And for those who are still in the Philippines and traveling, coming back here, thank you very much. Uh, we know that they, they will be here safe and sound. And for those who just enjoy their vacation, oh Lord, thank you for bringing them back here, the Sotelos. And, and Lord, for those who are struggling financially, uh, you are the God that provides. Uh, prove to them, Lord, that you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Lord, help us now to better understand your word. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned to you before, we're doing a series about the seven sayings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the book of John. Last week, we did talk about, I am the bread of life. Now, when we understand, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, Jesus Christ is enough. In other words, if Christ is in your heart, you will be satisfied. And I like the word, and I want to use the word content. And when a person is content, oh, we know that there is peace, there is joy in our hearts. Because he is the bread of life. When you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he is the bread of life. He is enough in your life. And this morning, we will be talking about, I am the light of the world. What does this mean when Christ said, I am the light of the world? Before we talk about the following verses, I want to share with you this, uh, of course, how many of you have been into this island? It's called Cabrillo Island. It's uh, located in San Diego. Uh, if you see the picture on our monitor, this is a lighthouse. A lighthouse, of course, in Cabrillo National Monument, and an island was named after Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo when he landed on September 28, that's 1542. That's the, they named the island after him, Cabrillo Island. In 1851, of course, that's the year after California entered the Union, the U.S. Coastal uh, Survey, they selected the heights of Point Loma to be a navigational aid. So the crest seemed like the, the right location. Why? Because it stood for 142 uh, feet above sea level, 
overcoming or overlooking the bay and, and the ocean. And if you go to that island, you will uh, see Coronado Island and the rest of San Diego. It's a beautiful spot to see. And more than a year passed before the lightning apparatus, uh, this lighthouse, it should function really as a lighthouse to guide those sailors. Now, it is interesting when, when if you go there, there's, there's a museum, and you will see the original light or lightning that reflects the area at night. This apparatus, lighting apparatus, it's called Fresnel lens. Fresnel lens is the best available technology during the 1800s. And so they bought that Fresnel lens from France. Now, it is indeed amazing because that Fresnel light, it reflects the whole area uh, for 25 miles using only oil lamp. Because there is this uh, uh, family, uh, they take good care of that lighthouse. And in that dusk, November 15, 1855, a keeper climbed the winding stairs and he lit the oil lamp. And from then, it's 36 years functioning, guiding those sailors to, of course, dock on that island. Now, think about this. If there is no lighthouse, what will happen to those sailors? Just imagine now the world without light. What will happen? So in the Philippines, we don't like uh, uh, this brownout or blackout. If there's brownout or blackout in the Philippines, it's not really a good feeling. Just imagine the whole world without a light. Now in our text this morning, we will notice that the backdrop of this is about the woman who committed adultery. And in our reading today, you will notice that she was brought by this religious group, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to accuse him of adultery. And in fact, they said she was caught in act. My question is, where is the man? You see, the very reason why these religious folks brought this woman in front of him is to just accuse Jesus of wrong teachings and also they wanted him to make a mistake and when he make a mistake they will tell the authorities you know what they uh, uh, today uh, if we have a situation uh, they want him to be impeached <laughs> in those days Christ they want him dead and that's the reason, that's why they kept on following him, these religious folks, not for them to know more, but to accuse him of wrong teachings and leading people into, of course, wrong way. Now, in verse 12, if you will notice, he said, I am the light of the world. This is the second I am. 
Christ declares himself, and of course, declares himself, I am just like the Father in the book of Exodus, tell the people, I am that I am, meaning I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the God that doesn't change. And here, he declares him, I am. I am specifically here saying, I am the light of the world. You see, at this point, he's telling his audience, I am unique, and I have this divine identity, and I have a purpose. And so he said, I am the light of the world. In declaring himself to be the light of the world, Jesus was claiming that he is the exclusive source of spiritual light. This lighthouse at Point Loma, this is the exclusive light if you will duck in San Diego. At this point, Christ is saying, I am claiming here, telling you, I am the light of the world. There is no other source than me. No other source of spiritual truth is available to mankind. So first thing that we will learn this morning in our sermon is that there are two types of light in the world. First, there are two types of light in the world, and we can perceive one or both or neither. And so when we are born into this world, we perceive a physical light. And by it, we learn of our Creator's handiwork in the things we see. That's why at night, if you look up, you will see moon, stars, so beautiful. If you go to, to, to Sedona, you, you will notice different kinds of shape of mountains, and, and you will wonder who created it. And of course, that's God's creation. Move and drive two more hours or three hours, you will see the Grand Canyon, a majestic canyon. You see, we perceive all these things because of physical light. Now, physical light is necessary for physical life. The earth would cert certainly change very rapidly if there were no longer any sunlight. Now, if you will notice, this forest full of trees and very thick canopies of foliage high above has very little plant life on the ground except for moss and lichen. Now, uh, these moss and lichens, they need, they need light. That's why they don't, they don't grow. Plants will never move away from the light. They will, of course, they said that, that, that to be positively phototrophic, they are drawn to the light. If you will notice, if you plant uh, uh, an ornament plant and you put under the shade, if you will notice, it, if it is under the shade, it will bend towards the light. Uh, they are said to be positively phototropic, drawn to the light. 
another observation as I uh, do a research on our study. Did you know that there is a benefit of sunshine? Uh, according to my research, there are 15 health benefits of sunshine. Your body and my body is meant to be in the sun. And exposure to sunlight during the day is crucial to your well-being, according to, to the article that I read. It is advised to get at least 10 to 15 minutes of sunlight daily. Now, exposure to sunlight has a huge impact on depressions. If you are depressed, go under the sun 10 to 15 minutes every day. Seasonal affective disorder and also sleep quality if you can sleep better, you better soak yourself under the sun. According to Forbes, did you know that in 2012, 60 million Americans, uh, they filled prescriptions for sleeping pills. That's only 2012. It's already 2019 today for sleeping pills, up from 46 million in 2006. They said it's a lack of sunlight. Vitamin D. Adding a little sunshine to your life can even promote uh, weight loss. <laughs> we really need to go under the sunlight. Okay. <laughs> the warmer months, of course, allows us for fun outdoor activities. Now, uh, I'll share to you quickly the 15 uh, benefits. One, number one benefit is reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes. Boost immunity, prevents uh, uh, vitamin D deficiency, reduces cancer risk, low blood pressure, improve your mood, improves sleep, weight loss, Alzheimer's symptoms, better bone health, heals skin disorders, promotes eye health, can cure depression, improves brain function. I need this. Uh, Seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder is under uh, depression. Now, low levels of uh, vitamin D, according to this article, can cause heart disease, prostate cancer, and also dementia. Now, why, am, why are we talking about this? Simply because we want to know the importance of what we call light. And this is a physical light, and physical light is necessary for physical life. However, there is another light, and this is a good light. A light so important that the Son of God had to come in order to both declare and impart it to you and me. And so in John chapter 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness. I want you to listen to those two. We'll never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The allegory used by the Lord in this verse speaks of the light of his, number one, truth. Number two, the light of his word. And number three, the light of eternal life. Those who perceive the true light will never walk in spiritual darkness. 
So we take a candle into a room to dispel the darkness. Likewise, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has, has to be taken into the darkness of sin that engulfs the heart of your life and my life of those who are, of course, not following him. That's, that's the condition behind having the light that we follow him. The reason why we follow him is we live in darkness. We want light. And this is the second light. Uh, let us learn that in the same way, spiritual light is necessary for spiritual life. Without this spiritual light, we will, work, we will walk in darkness because we need guidance. We need a guide. And so the believer will always stand toward spiritual things. He will always stand toward fellowship, prayer, and the word of God. And of course, another spiritual activities. And the reason why you are here is most probably you have experienced the light. A person will never worship, will never think, and, and, and plan to go during Sunday to worship the Lord if there is no light in his life. Meaning, if Jesus Christ is not yet in their hearts. That's why when you invite someone who is not yet in the Lord, you have a difficulty inviting them. Why? Because they still live in darkness. The reason why you are here, it's because you have the light. You enjoy listening to the word of God. You enjoy listening to your Sunday school class. You enjoy singing songs of worship to the Lord because you have the light. We are interested in spiritual things because the Lord gave us the light. The unbeliever always does the opposite. But I don't want you to be discouraged. Keep on inviting them. Who knows, one of these days, they will respond. Amen. We never judge them. The Bible says it's because they live in darkness. That's why they don't respond. And so the word is a challenge to you and me to keep on evangelizing people who live in darkness. The unbeliever always does the opposite because light exposes his evil and he hates the light. Oh, it's very clear in John 1.5. I want to read it. And the light shines in the darkness... And the darkness did not comprehend it. So those people who live in darkness, they could not comprehend. They need the saving grace and the saving power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the one that gives them light and understand spiritual matters. Indeed, no man can come into the true light or spiritual light of Jesus unless he is enabled by our Father. These are the two types of light. Physical light is necessary for physical life. Number two, this is most important. Spiritual light is necessary for spiritual life. Let's take a look at number two. What is the purpose of light? Of course, we know the purpose of light. 
is to dispel darkness. Now, making decisions in the dark can lead to some regrettable consequences. Do you agree with that? <laughs> when you make decisions in the dark, it can lead you to some regrettable consequences. Uh, I like uh, this story, and this story back in the days before electricity, a tight-fisted tight old farmer uh, was taking his hired man to task for carrying lighted lantern when he went to call his uh, best girl. And this tight-fisted farmer said, why? He, ex he exclaimed, when I, went a when I do courting, I never carried one of them, one of those lights. He said, one of those lanterns. Uh, I, I always went in the dark, the farmer said. And then this, uh, uh, this hired young man said, uh, he said it with, with a grim, grim smile, and he said, yeah, he said, and look, 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 look what you got. In other words, look, look at your wife. Some of you did not really get it. <laughs> That's why you don't make decisions when you are in the dark. <laughs> the purpose of light is to <laughs> dispel darkness so you can see better. Amen. Now, three things we will learn this morning. That Jesus dispelled the darkness of artificiality. Jesus as light dispels the darkness of artificiality. Now you will agree with me that uh, today we live in a world of artificiality. We have soda with artificial flavors and sweeteners. Synthetic fabric, synthetic rubber, even synthetic diamonds. Have you heard about that? <laughs> In a world of false and fake and make-believe, we, we need a true standard. Even, even today, we have fake news. You know, be careful with what you listen today. You know, there's a lot of fake news today. You see, the average person is sometimes not knowledgeable enough to discern the superficial from that is real. And so, therefore... We must rely on experts to tell us the difference between what is fake and what is real. For instance, we trust our jeweler to tell us the true quality of a gem. That's why we go to them. Is this really real or it's just uh, at the bottom of that, you know, uh, <laughs> bottom of the, <laughs> the glass cup that we use? Sometimes those, they look like a, a diamond. So we rely on them. Now, when it comes to true light, Christ is the true standard. Jesus brings light and understanding to your life and also my life. Everything looks different in the brilliance of sunlight. Did you know the true colors are revealed when they are exposed to sunlight? That's why if you will notice, if you take picture under the sun, they look better than you take picture inside the house. Why? Because sunlight gives or exposes the true color. And 
it gives a true light. See, often artificial light gives off certain colors. For instance, incandescent light gives off yellow. And fluorescent, did you know that gives off a blue, blue tint? But sunlight, however, is a white light and color are evenly beautiful under its glow. Uh, last night, uh, Brother Joe and Sister Margie, they let us, uh, you know, and gave us the privilege to see, uh, how do you pronounce it, Sister? Tavray. See, have you noticed there in 202 if you're driving, uh, if you will notice there's this, uh, it's like a cake. <laughs> That's a mansion. And so it's a castle. I took picture because the sun is setting and then it, it, it came out beautiful. But we ended up, I think, at 8.30 in the evening. I took picture again. It's not good. You see, you will see the difference. Christ, when it comes to spiritual matters, Jesus is the true standard. Humankind offers many forms of artificiality. Good example is this Eastern religion and humanitarian enterprises are artificial substitute for our personal walk with Jesus Christ. Specific example. When it comes to heaven, did you know that Hindu, Hinduism, they called heaven moksha. That's how they call heaven, moksha. M-O-K-S-H-A. How to get there? This is their belief. Escape the cycles of reincarnation. If you want to go to heaven, escape the cycle of reincarnation. When it comes to Christianity, what is heaven? Heaven is the new creation. How to get there? Faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see the big difference? But these people, of course, if you are not aware of what they teach, and you don't have the knowledge and light of the world, you will be deceived. And that's why you see Christ is the true standard. These people or Eastern religion, this group, they too offer a light of humanity, but it is man-made. In other words, they are false religions that are shown to be false when they are exposed in the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's why I invite you, we will be doing a series of studies about these major religions in the world. You know what? If you know your teachings, your doctrine about Christianity, you will not be deceived. That's why we need to study these false teachings so that we know what we are into it. I'm going back here. Christ is our standard. Any teaching that is not Christ-centered is a false teaching. Any religion that doesn't preach Christ as God, 100% God, 100% man, and he's the savior of the world, that's a false teaching. Christ dispelled the darkness of artificiality, and number two, Jesus dispels the darkness of sin. Sin is more often than not associated with with darkness, or we call it black. <laughs> I remember when JP, he was just, I think, five or six years old, we were at the church in Tempe, and my wife is leading a young lady into prayer, praying uh, 
prayer of acceptance, accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so my wife led this young lady, but this young lady has a, has a, a mascara. And, uh, it's, it's color black. And so while they were praying, uh, <laughs> tears came out and its color is black. <laughs> so you imagine, you know, tears is black. And JP said, oh, the sin came out. the secular world makes darkness synonymous with evil thoughts and actions. See, evil did seek the cover of darkness. You heard it? Evil did seek the cover of darkness. Even our evil thoughts are being kept private because we do not want others to see as we really are. More crimes is committed under the cover of darkness than in the broad daylight. Why? Uh, people are afraid, uh, you know, and they will be recognized. Dimly lit places of entertainment often are associated with questionable activities. So who wants to walk in a dark street? No one. Sin finds the best fruit under the cover of darkness. But listen, Jesus is to sin what light is to darkness. He is the opposite of sin, so when he is present, no sin is present. In order to sin, one must put Christ somewhere else. Sin and Christ are not compatible. That's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Our sun can only light half of the world at the same time or at the time. That's why in the Philippines, this time, it's uh, almost three in the morning. It's still dark. And when it's morning in the Philippines, it's dark over here. And so, while part of the earth enjoys sunshine, the rest of the world is shrouded with what we call darkness. But Jesus is light to all the world. Amen. He is light to all the world. Remember this. He is not confined by a geography or a race or national boundaries. His light shines brightly for all humankind. He is Lord of all. He is light of all. He is not only light for the Jewish people. He is not only light for the Filipino people. He is not only light for, for American people. He is light for all humankind. There is no sin that the light of Christ cannot dispel except if you reject him. His light is sufficient to obliterate 
all shadows. Number three, and only Jesus dispels the darkness of sin, but also Jesus dispels the darkness of hopelessness. Life has meaning. But that meaning is not apparent without God. Yes, life has a meaning. There is a reason why you exist. There is a reason why you are still breathing right now. <laughs> Yesterday, I'm, I'm waiting for my wife, picking her up at her work, and I was sitting down with this uh, American, and he, he's older than me, and uh, uh, his eye is Bruce, and then he started the conversation. He sat down with me, and then he said, is it okay to sit down with you? Okay, you know, this, this, this is not mine. It's for all of us. And he said, people thought that uh, I fought with someone because he has a black eye over here. <laughs> and then he told me that he has an eye cancer. There is, uh, you know, there is uh, two more inside his eyeball, and the doctor removed his eye. So he has, he has one eye. Now, uh, this guy, he experienced a lot of different kind of cancer. <laughs> and, and I told him, you know what, the reason why you are still alive today God still wants to use you. And of course, we had this conversation. The Lord loves you, you know, uh, and, and he takes good care of you. And he acknowledged it. See, life has a meaning. When you think that your life doesn't have meaning anymore, I think you need to go back to your first love. You have forgotten your first love. But when we understand that Christ is the light of our life, hopelessness disappears. Today we are wandering in a moral fog. Old ways no longer seem to work in our present world. Society is rapidly changing its mores and also its values. Long-held moral beliefs are ridiculed. Marriages are easily dissolved. Patriotism is questioned. And respect for God and His church rates very low. And no wonder even people, they shot people who are doing permitting. They don't have any more respect. And the reason why we have guards today every Sunday, thank you, Brother Sid, and for the rest of the men guarding our vicinity, it's because there is a Moral fag in our society today. Marriage is ridiculed. It really changes. If you will study those people who were born in the 50s, living in the 50s, as compared today, the, moral, the morality is high in those years as compared today. Despair is an enemy of life. Despondent thought choke hope out of life. The 
tears of anguish are poured out week after week to ministers and to counselors. Why? Because many people are seeking hope and meaning in life. But good news. Jesus comes to say that he offers the light of life. Amen. That's why he said, I am the light of the world. In the midst of difficulties, he offers strength to those who are weak. To those who don't know what to do. To those who are confused. Comfort to those who mourn. Are you still mourning today? God will give you comfort through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And hope to those who lost their way. Are you hopeless today? We do not always have the experience necessary to face life's tragedy. Jesus becomes a lighthouse guide or to guide us when we are confused. Oh yes, it's only through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that hopelessness and confusion disappear. Because he said, I am the light of the world. By knowing Christ, we can know how he would act in a similar circumstance. His Holy Spirit is, of course, a witness to us to have this proper conduct and also proper attitude. And likewise, his Spirit makes us uncomfortable concerning improper conduct. And so, that's the purpose of life, to dispel darkness. Is there darkness in your life? You need the Lord. Number three and last. Did you know that following Jesus is the condition of two promises? Two promises. We will go back to the passage that we've studied in verse 12. See, look at, look at uh, verse 12 again. And note and underline uh, those two promises. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Number one. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. And number two, he said, but have the light of light. These are the condition of two promises made by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First, his followers will never walk in darkness. Oh, this is, this, this is good. Why? Because we believers in the Lord... We are sinners. We live in darkness. But when, when Christ brought us from death to life, the Lord said here, if I am your light, then you will never walk in darkness. This is what we call assurance of our salvation. That when Christ dwells in your heart, you have the eternal security. I don't believe in losing salvation. That's not biblical. I believe... When Jesus is your light, when you repented of your sin, his promise is this, you will never walk in darkness anymore. So those people who believe in losing salvation, God already justified you, and then he will unjustify you? Oh, he just wasted his precious blood on the cross of Calvary. If you genuinely accepted him and lose your salvation, I am talking about real Christians. I am talking about real genuine repentant people. They will never walk in darkness anymore. Amen. You see, 
this gives us confidence that as we journey in our walk with the Lord, we will be a good witness. Why? Because number two, it says here, second promise is that we will reflect the light of life. That Presnell lens at the lighthouse in Loma Point, it's just an oil lamp. But this Presnell lens reflects 25 miles. 25 miles is far. When you drive that, it's, it's almost 30 minutes. It's a reflection. And those sailors, they see the harbor. Now, just as the Lord Jesus came as a light of the world, did you know that the Lord Jesus Christ commands us to be a light too? Why? Because in the book of Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16, uh, let's read it all together. Ready, begin. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What is the goal? To glorify our Father in heaven. But what is the command? Let your light shine. Now, how many of you, when you light a candle, you put, you put it under your bed? Don't do that. You burn your house. <laughs> you put it somewhere, and, you know, when we, you know, on, on top of your drawer so that it will, uh, you know, uh, spread that light. Same thing we do as a believer in the Lord. We Christians, we do not hide our testimony. We share our good deeds to other people. Amen. Uh, actually, I, uh, this, this, this verse reminds me, again, when I was uh, a young boy, always attend Sunday school. In our Sunday school, they teach us uh, Sunday school songs. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under the bushel? No! I'm going to let it shine. Under, hide it under the bushel? No! I'm going to let it shine. You know, when I was a kid, I really enjoyed Sunday school. I don't know. Uh, I don't hear our, our children singing Sunday school songs. They do? Okay, because I'm here. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, today, what they, uh, our children, they... they uh, the songs that they learn is, of course, from Lady Gaga. Hoorah, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> Nonsense song. <laughs> yeah, most of our children, they know those kind of songs. Teach them, you know, Sunday school songs. Buy them CD at Walmart. I know CDs are, you know, getting phased out, but there are still Sunday school songs you can buy at Walmart. Teach them, and... and and, and this message, you see, you are the light of the world. When the Bible says you are the light of the world, we need to reflect it into this dark world. Just as the moon, how many of you believe that moon lights on its own? It doesn't. Moon needs the sun. The reason the moon is so bright, it's because of the sun. You don't see the sun during night because the sun is 
somewhere and the moon is over there. And sometimes the earth covers the moon. But the moon needs the sun. And the, the moon reflects the sun. And that's you and me. We need to reflect our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we believers should really reflect the light of Christ so that all can see it in us. See, light is evident to others by our good deeds. We do in faith and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the emphasis here is maintaining a credible, obvious witness in the world. A witness that shows us to be, number one, faithful. If you want to reflect our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into your Christian life, you need to be faithful in everything that you do. Faithful in church, faithful at your work, faithful in everything that you do. You see, our main goal is to glorify the Lord in everything that you do, whether it is in action, your thoughts, or, your, or everything that you do. It should be glorifying to the Lord, but of course, you need to be faithful. God-honoring, trustworthy, sincere, honest in all that we do. We should always be ready to give an account of the hope that we have. First Peter 3.15 When someone asks you about the hope that is in you, you must be ready to explain to them that is the hope that is in you and that's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And those people, for sure, they live in darkness. That's why they are asking what is in you. And you must be ready to explain the hope that is in you. Amen. That's how we reflect the light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord, is Christ the light of your life? Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Good testimony. And when we have a good testimony, they will want what is in us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to once again be refreshed about who you are. And thank you, Father, that you are our light. And you are the light of the world. We are so grateful, O oh Father, because without you, we're still groping in darkness. But because you are our light, O oh Lord, there is hope. We have hope. And Father, we will enjoy our walk with you. Because we don't walk in darkness anymore. We live in light. For that, Father, we give back all the glory and honor to you. Father, I am praying for your children here. I'm praying, Lord, that they too will be willing to let their light shine to other people, especially to those people who live in darkness. Father, I pray that you will bless your congregation. And if there are people who don't know you, Lord, as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that this message spoke to them. Convict them, O Lord, of their sins and accept you as their Lord and Savior. Father, thank you so much. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name.
Praise the Lord. Let's close in this beautiful song as we honor, as we continue to honor the Lord, His goodness in our lives, and as we continue to reflect His love. Let's all rise and sing, How Great Is Our God.
joy for a closing prayer. Father, you are great because you are good. We thank you for your faithful servant, our dear pastor, for bringing your message so clearly and convictingly. We pray that you'll help us reflect the light of Lord Jesus Christ. Father, this world is dark and darkened every moment. Send us forth, Father, to shine for Jesus. In his name we ask it. Amen. Good afternoon and God bless all of you.